Hey there, and welcome to the Leap Podcast. Striving to meet the greatest challenges facing humanity, Leap is a global tech event and a platform for unearthing the minds of some of the most influential people on the planet. Join our conversations as we explore the pivotal role technology has in reshaping our world. Welcome to another edition of Leap In, the tech podcast series. Today, we're here to discuss a new way of lighting the cities of tomorrow. The idea is to find another way of making light without electricity. And when you look into nature, you might just find a few illuminating solutions. I'm Richard Spur. Sandra Ray is the founder and CEO of Glowy, a startup with the ambition to revolutionize the way we light up our spaces and cities thanks to bioluminescence. A SET17 award finalist that was launched in 2014, Glowy develops a sophisticated biological lighting system using bioluminescence. In addition, Sandra Ray received the MIT Technology Review's Innovators Under 35 France 2016 award. Sandra holds a master's degree in industrial design as well as a certificate in social entrepreneurship from ESCP Business School and INSEED. She's been featured on the prestigious IMT Technology Review's Innovators Under 35 list and Forbes 30 Under 30. Sandra, welcome. I know you took part as a student in that design contest in 2013. What was the catalyst, though, behind Glowy? During this, this work, I, I discovered this phenomenon of bioluminescence that um, that is basically the light production from living organisms. And when I saw this fish and, and, and squids producing light, I was, okay, if they are able to produce biological lighting, why can we do that in, in the cities of tomorrow? So I started to work on the subject and, and actually win the contest. Uh, and when I won the contest, I had a lot of um, incoming calls of potential clients uh, wanted to buy biomessence. And so it just... Um, show that, that there was a big traction on the market and, and something that was missing on the, on the lighting uh, industry. So I kept on working on the, on the product and a year and a half later, I, I created the company. How did you begin? I managed to have a lab bench on a public uh, French lab called INSEAM. And so for, the, for four months, um, my intern worked on using biomedicine and started to, do, uh, to use this, this uh, bacteria to, to light. Um, the, the results were quite interesting. We, we could see the light even if it was very, very low in terms of intensity, but the potential was, was amazing in terms of how we can increase these lighting systems and how we can integrate them into cities or other kind of products. So I, I kept meeting a lot of, of potential clients and um, we, we kept working. I started fundraising uh, and, and we built the team from that in 2014. Uh, launching the first product for uh, ephemeral installations at the end of 2014 during the COP21. Glowy, it's it's a nice name, isn't it? It is. <laughs> it is. It, it's basically so glow, of course, um, shine lights, but it's also a way to glowy is, is giving something living. And as we use this living light, that we grow living light, that, that was an interesting one, which is basically light. What is bioluminescence exactly? Talk a little bit about the, the science behind the term. So it's the, the phenomenon of light production from living organisms. So it could be fireflies, glowworms, uh, mushrooms on Earth, but it's also more than 80% of marine organisms. So sometimes bioluminescence is directly in the DNA of um, 
of, uh, for example, uh, sharks uh, or plankton. And sometimes um, there is uh, this DNA that produces this pattern inside bacteria that lives inside fish or squids, for example. So we use these bacteria that are forming organs inside these uh, these organisms to to produce light. And it's basically a biochemical reaction. So you have genes that cause for two um, molecules. These two molecules react together with oxygen and it creates a photon, which is basically light. And how do you harness that in practice to provide light on tap? The, the first job that we do is to, we select the best uh, biomedicine bacteria that we can find um, in the ocean. Uh, when we have the, the good, good uh, strengths, then we basically uh, make them evaluate in the lab to make them more efficient in terms of light production. But we don't do genetic modifications. It's just about um, random mutagenesis. Um, and then we create the best conditions for them to, to grow and to glow. And we create sort of aquariums that are the final products uh, that could be a human furniture, that could be an element of scenography or a way to, um, to give a, a relaxation experience. And we create these aquariums, making sure that they are automatized so we can um, control them, uh, remote control them and, and uh, avoid a human intervention as, as much as possible. But basically, they are little aquariums. In terms of lighting up cities, tell me how you identify the sources and how bioluminescence is advantageous in that context. So the cool thing about bacteria is that it, it can grow indefinitely without um, extracting uh, limited resources from the planet. As soon as we have one bacteria, we can grow millions and millions of litres of, of this liquid uh, living light. So um, if we talk about urban furniture, what we do is that we create this urban furniture and in this furniture, there is this aquariums of bacteria working and the system is fully automatized. It's connected to the water network. So some water comes into the system every day, a little bit of water. Then it's mixed with the nutrient mix that we, um, that we have put in place to, to produce the best light. And then the bacteria will start growing and then glowing at night. Um, it's independent from, from night or day and the, the, the daylight, but it's just that we program them so that they can on, only do uh, biomedicine at night. Um, and then every day it, it, it's, it's, um, it's starting again like that, uh, assuring biomedicine on a continuous basis uh, on an automated system. And how is this being rolled out, Sandra? So the first urban furniture um, is installed in a few days, actually, in the city of Cambouillet, uh, next to Paris. We've done, um, beside that, uh, almost 50 ephemeral installations for different events that could be for companies, but also in the cities. And the big uh, benefits of, of using that is, of course, it, it's a biosourced and biodegradable material first, so it does not um, disturb the environment during the production or during the end of life, but also it it, it reduce the, the impact on, on biodiversity, which is a big problem with lighting. Uh, with this, this light, uh, basically uh, insects, for example, are less attracted. And of course, what's interesting also with this new, new kind of light is that it, it, it kind of brings an emotional uh, feeling to, to, to lighting. Uh, lighting is not just about uh, security or performance, it's also about creating uh, social places, uh, creating a feeling of safety um, in in the street. So using this this natural light, it's a bit like when you look at a fire or look at a sunset. Humans need that. Human brain needs that to to feel good. So it, it really gives a, an amazing um, emotional thing with the the imaginary that that's behind it. Also, to what extent would you judge the project to have been successful so far? One of the, the, the cool things that, so we've managed to, we've been working on the product for eight years now. So um, eight years as a biotech startup, already um, 
a good good performance uh, the, the amazing sign that we see is the traction that we have uh, we're working with more than than 50 cities we have more than uh, than 100 incoming calls uh, a month um, from all around the world uh, more than 30 percent of our calls are coming from outside of france so the, the need is, is basically international. The traction is amazing, both in terms of um, environmental um, advantage and also on this this powerful the, this power that, that this uh, uh, poetic imagery can bring to uh, to places. So I think that the big success is, is seeing that traction and the fact that people just keep waiting on us to be ready to deploy the system to see viruses everywhere in their daily lives. The French, I feel, have always had a, a rather more progressive approach to alternative energy to maybe uh, some other European countries. Would you agree? For sure, France is supportive of, of uh, financing new initiatives and, and especially in these R&D times that are not the easiest uh, when you're a startup. So um, France is supportive, I think. Um, both citizens and, and, and cities, public institutions are aware that it's not just about um, being conscious of the problem, but wanted to act. Um, so, yeah, it, it's an amazing environment to, to start. It may sound a, a silly question, but how does this work in the daytime if it's needed? Well, it, it could be. So, uh, as I mentioned, it's not dependent from the daylight. For example, if you compare to uh, fluorescence or phosphorescence that needs light, external light, to then reflect light, biosense is totally independent. So, our bacteria can totally produce light in the daylight. It's just that the bioprocess that we've uh, developed for cities where there's only uh, required at night works like that but we can imagine a lot of different bioprocesses for example if we in undergrounds or parking places we could totally um, use it um, during the light it's it's not a problem technically speaking it's just another another bioprocess are you still looking for other organisms which you can harness to create light yeah well, we, we're always um, kind of fishing a few liters of, of seawater um, everywhere we go to see if there is new bacteria to compare the performance with, with ours. But uh, today, the bacteria that we have is kind of uh, already very um, enough in terms of performance, both in terms of intensity, um, in terms of what uh, what the nutrients uh, it needs. So um, yes, we're always looking. We also make our bacteria evaluate in the lab to make it more efficient. Um, but yeah, we're always aware of, of new species. What impact will this have on the future of sustainable energy? Besides the, the environmental impact, which is erases all the, the heavy production processes, extraction processes, uh, it's also a way to relocalize light production because our systems are basically little factories of, of uh, light production because it grows inside the system, it's living. So we don't need a factory to produce our systems. We, we just need to put a few bacteria inside the, the urban furniture so that it grows and then, then create the light. So that's kind of interesting in terms of... Um, of impact, but um, on top of this, uh, both emotional and environmental impact, what's interesting is um, that biomedicines can make us uh, rethink about um, what is the good way to light streets, to light a city, to like parks, to like gardens, um, because uh, we, we have um, internationally this approach of using lampposts that, that has been designed basically for for vehicles for cars and and today more and more cities are getting pedestrian there is more and more green spaces so the need for lighting is not the same people need more and more convivial spaces to um, to have social spaces so um, what's interesting behind violence is also to question ourselves about sobriety what is the right amount of light that we need to both feel safe and be able to be guided 
through the city, um, the, the the phenomenon has been increased by 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 the ar arrival of of LEDs because LEDs are uh, producing um, uh, a much more higher intensity than than we had with incandescent bulbs. So just intensity increased, and and we don't need that. We don't need that. It disrupts biodiversity. It's also a, a visual pollution for for us as citizens. And biosense is also uh, a good way to say, okay, we have this new kind of lighting. It's liquid. It's different. How can we use that to rethink the way we we light streets, uh, being just enough of of what we need? Could this be said to be kickstarting uh, something of a revolution in bioenergy? What's interesting is that it, it's a total new way of, of thinking, not just about the way we consume light, as I just explained, but also the way we produce things. Um, it's also a way to have this, this bioenergy. It's also a way to be confronted to living systems. And you don't act the same uh, in front of a, of a living light than in front of, a, of a, just a neutral world. So um, it's also, if, if we have more uh, bio components uh, around us, living systems, we, we respect them. It's also really a way to have this revolution in terms of usage on, on our uh, lifestyles and, and the way we, we basically integrate ourselves, humans, in nature, because at the end of the story, nature will survive us. We will not. But um, uh, So we, we have to be now um, not on top of this ecosystem, but just part of this ecosystem. And, and this is uh, using these this biotechnologies and these bioenergies. It's also a way to, to do that. Well, indeed, and we must think of future generations. Do you have any concerns about how ethical this is for the life forms involved? There's no subject about being unethical because uh, bacteria are uh, microorganisms. They, they don't have nervous systems. When you wash your hands, when you clean your toilets, you kill bacteria. So uh, you don't ask yourself it's, if, if you're doing something ethical or not when you clean your house. So... Um, in terms of using bacteria, there's no ethical problems around it. It could be with other systems. There's also this question about when you do modification notifications, what about putting species that does not exist in nature in nature, but this is not what we do. We use um, natural biomass marine bacteria. So there's no ethical problems about that. Could you envisage this being rolled out in the Middle East? Yes, of course. Um, there is a lot of potential um, in different spaces, in different places um, around the world. Not all the countries have, have the same needs, and, but, but biomedicine can definitely be an answer for, for a lot of territories. A lot of, of new, um, new cities can uh, build uh, a, a new ways of thinking. So it's, uh, uh, starting from scratch, it's easier for this kind of technology to, to be implemented than just replacing bulbs in, in the city of Paris, you know? Are there any particular obstacles or risks involved with this project? Every entrepreneurial project, there is a lot of, of obstacles. Um, the, the, the most difficult part is, is, is uh, funding, of course. It's always, um, it's always a challenge when you're uh, disrupting something to be funded to, uh, with this, this big vision uh, of long-term vision, and especially when you use biotechnology. So um, uh, funding is a challenge. We, we've all had some foundation so far, but, but this has always been a challenge. And also, um, the change would be at the beginning about changing the um, way people think about the about this industry of lighting, about about this use. Uh, but um, at some point, I think the consciousness uh, is now is now okay, and it's more about changing the value chain so that you can use this kind of living products. Um, so it's more uh, having uh, to convince. Uh, big actors, stakeholders like cities, for example, to move forward uh, as they've only started to use uh, to use LEDs. So, um, 
so yeah, uh, the, the, the challenge are, are um, th there's a lot of challenges, of, of course, but the, the cool thing with Parmesan is that it makes people dream, you know, it, it's a very positive imaginary, um, it's very poetic. So, um, so as soon as we, we make people dream, then it's so much easier to, to make uh, things move. And, and I think this is something, a lesson that we have to take when we're talking about sustainable development. Um, having sustainable solution is one thing, but if, if they are not desirable, if, if people don't want to adopt them, then it, it will not work. It, it will not be able to be a solution, a massive solution. So that's one of the cool things with biomedicine is that people want to have, that, to have it um, in their daily life. So it's also helping on doing this uh, democratization about the technology. Your, your painting aspirations, I suppose, uh, Sandra, what other arguments do you tend to use to secure that uh, all-important cash? At first, of course, the environmental argument is the first, but it's never enough. Um, sustainability is never enough to convince the clients. So um, our power is really about about this emotional thing that we can bring and the, the, the dream that we create around the, the philosophy that, that's with bioemissance and that's really something that works. Um, when, when, we, when we talk to clients, we can, we can do several meetings um, without signing contracts, but when they come in, in, in our lab and see the light, then they just want to have it because um, it's just beautiful. And I think being beautiful is, is really something that, that makes sell. It's not enough, like sustainability, but when you mix both, then you have a lot of sense to, um, to be able to sign. It's a nice thought, figuratively and literally, showing people the light. Talk a little more about your memories of the SET Festival and more broadly, uh, share your thoughts for startups competing at Leap. Well, as you mentioned, it, it was a long time ago now, but um, every pitch competition, startup competition is so interesting uh, because first you, 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 you meet a lot of people. Um, that, that will challenge your, your technology. That, that's what we do when you, you pitch. And that's so interesting because the more you're going to be challenged by the, the excellent world, uh, the more you will uh, work on your subject and the more you will be efficient on the solution that you provide, asking yourself so many questions that, that you need to answer, that you go uh, further and further and then you, you can develop your company better. So. Every startup pitch like that is such an opportunity to, to grow as an entrepreneur and, and as a company. Um, as soon as you're passionate, you can convince people and you can also go uh, onto all the obstacles and challenges that you have in terms of, of uh, entrepreneurial journey. So it's really if, if you're convinced and that you can prove that other people are convinced like you, then it will convince all the juries of the world. But um, this is also uh, uh, the, the important thing is... Um, and board people into into the big vision. Um, even when I sell an ephemeral installation, uh, I sell this big vision of revolutionizing the revolutionizing lighting industry because this vision will will um, drive you um, further and further. And, and doing a pitch competition, that's what you you have to do. Convince that your vision is a desirable vision that that we need to go there, and it's it's basically the only option. Um, and that's the best way to um, to convince a jury, I guess. How early in your life did you realise that this was the work that you wanted to pursue? And uh, what were, I wonder, your influences? As a designer, I was used to work on projects that have a positive impact. It could be a, a social impact, an environmental impact, well, a societal impact in any kind of ways. So for me, uh, working on something that help people, help the planet, like basically gives real answer to real issues is something that is just normal and that is so important. So um, when, when I and, and I started this project really as I as I explained as a 
I just took the opportunities. I, I, I had this idea, then I saw that the idea was was um, people like this idea I wanted to buy, and then I started to keep talking to them. It's really a matter of taking opportunities, seeing the opportunities, and then taking it. Um, but not uh, I, I didn't. De- I haven't decided to be an entrepreneur. I haven't decided to work on an environmental project. I haven't decided to work on biomass. It's just something that at some point in my life. It happened to be like that. Um, I saw the, the opportunities and the new opportunities and just kept going like that. And I think this is also what an entrepreneur do. Um, see opportunities and just take them. It must be wonderful to be doing a job which presents an unexpected challenge every single day. The thing is that you, you don't even know that something that you don't expect is going to happen. <laughs> but um, that's kind of something good because if I had known everything that was going to happen in the in the last eight years, I probably never have launched myself. How can young entrepreneurs cultivate and promote their great ideas? I think it's really about not being afraid of talking to people, um, exposing yourself. Um, sometimes you, you are afraid that someone is going to take your idea someone is going to copy you, uh, that you might not have the IP that you need if you say things. But it's just um, having feedback is just so essential. So staying by yourself will never change the world and never make your company grow. So just expose yourself, talk to people, uh, let people challenge you. So participate into uh, into into a competition is, is very important. I think we did maybe 30 competitions in the first two years. Uh, we had the chance to run a lot of them, uh, which was great, even in terms of funding, in terms of um, building a, a network and, and, and finding partners, uh, even clients. But uh, yeah, do, doing all that, um, going outside of your own company and your own product is, is the, the most important thing to do, I guess. And let's finish by looking towards the future. What's next for Glowy? We are now um, at a very important um, part of the of the journey, installing the first urban furniture. So now the the next step will be about industrialization and, and mass deployment of this technology, which is another another challenge that we have ahead. And the goal is that biomedicine becomes just a, a self evident solution when you talk about uh, building new cities. Uh, building eco neighborhoods, building every kind of zones that need lighting. So um, we need to work to democratize the solution so that it's not just a weird thing happening in a lab, but just a self-evident solution to, to light up the, the streets. Sandra, thank you very much indeed for taking the time. And Sandra Ray will also be joining us for the next edition of Leap, taking place in February the 6th to the 9th, 2023, in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. And we look forward to seeing her there lighting up the future energy stage. We'll be back soon with another edition of the Leap In podcast series.